Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. It's Thursday. That means it's time to enter the Thursday Thunderdome. On today's show, our special guests will compete alongside my co-host, professional sports better Simon Hunter, my BFF, my compadre, in an epic test of wagers and wits that's made this show the most celebrated sports betting trivia show in history and the marvel of the Western world. Simon, I agree with everything that Matt Mitchell, producer, extraordinaire, scripted for me to say there. I was away last week, and I do feel the world tilted a little bit off its axis without us being able to do this together. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie, Chad. I felt like I was back to my old life before I had to work for you. And I was just some guy that I literally had an offseason football ended and I would just get to do nothing. And it was just as much as I hate doing nothing. It's also a little stressful, this job. I got to actually show up somewhere on time and do stuff where usually I just start drinking. I wake up in the offseason. I'll just start drinking, watch some soccer, maybe tennis, maybe a little baseball. Now I have to be sober and uh I feel bad last week. I mean, on Tuesday, Chad, I didn't let you describe your holiday. I know how much Chad loves talking about himself. Chad, how was your trip to Cape Cod? Well, listen, let me tell you something, Simon. I'm glad you asked. And I don't want to keep our guests waiting for too long because they have Hall of Fame credentials, quite literally. But I will tell you, you mentioned in your off season when you're not working on your vacation, whatever it is, you'll get up, you'll get drunk, you'll watch sports. I got up super early was away with my wife, our kids, my sister, her husband, their kids, rented a big house in Cape Cod because, you know, I'm super rich now. And when we would get up in the morning, I would make a matcha tea. I brought the matcha powder with me. I brought the Japanese whisk. I whisked it up. I poured it into my green tea. Then my sister and I would take a walk into town. We'd have an espresso. We'd take a walk back. A couple mornings, we did long runs couple mornings we did like really extra credit hardcore runs where we're sprinting felt like i was living my best self on vacation you're doing this you don't just do this at home no i did it on vacation i felt fantastic what do you do at home you just lay around and watch netflix no i do the same thing only then i go to work here by 8 30 <laughs> i was done with everything you truly are a man that cannot take a day off unbelievable Never stop i respect it grinding simon speaking of which talk about grinding Your first challenger is the most decorated specialist in NFL history. He's one of just two kickers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he connected on over 100 game-winning field goals in a career that spanned a full 25 years, a man known affectionately as the Great Dane and the co-host of the Great Dane Nation podcast, our very first Hall of Fame contestant, Morton Anderson. Thank you for having me, guys. I was hanging on every word about that Cape Cod. Uh, but can you just email me the rest on that? That'd be great. It's like you and Simon planned it. You came in hot, ready to take me down. I will say this in all seriousness, I've listened to the Great Day Nation podcast. I enjoy it. And you. you went when you have a lot of high profile guests on there. And a couple of times I've I've listened to you say this to Bill Murray. I've listened to you say this to Sean Payton. The way you talk about feeling pressure to me is fascinating. And before we get to our next guest, uh, can you just explain a little bit, describe a little bit about how you define pressure? Yeah, so I don't particularly use the word pressure. 
I think it's a, has a negative connotation. So I, I prefer to flip the script on on the word and and think more proactively about it. We all deal with uh, perceived distasteful situations differently. The way I like to look at it and the way I like to teach it and, and communicate it is simply that perceived pressure only happens when your skill set to complete the task doesn't match the task. In other words, this is not in my wheelhouse. Man, I can't do this. Uh, I've never done this. I haven't trained to do this. I haven't earned the right to do this. And that's when you, you're going to feel some discomfort. My whole notion about these situations that define us, these big moments in big games, which I certainly had my share. And, uh, you know, watching the, the Euro right now, watching penalty kicks after extended time. I mean, you talk about somebody who has to step up to that spot and deliver a penalty kick. How are those guys being taught? What are they thinking? Are they letting the game come to them? Are they trying to force themselves on the game and feeling all this heat on them? Clearly, you can see right away in their eyes who is not up for it, who's not up to the task, and who actually rests in themselves, who allow the situation to come in and then let the preparation take over. And I think that's my whole point with, uh, with the notion of, uh, of this perceived pressure. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I love the positivity. I love the framing. I love the way you say it. You've exhibited it. You did exhibit it in 25 years of winning in the NFL and a Hall of Fame career. Simon, this is how we should be approaching betting during the NFL season. We're ready. I wish I had half of his confidence because everything you said, I was like, I'm that guy. Like, even when I win 10 bets in a row, I'm just like, <laughs> okay, now I'm going to go 0 and 10 the next time. It's just always right around the corner. I think well, I'm just a gambler in me. But Simon, the difference between standing in front of a situation where you're going to win a game with a field goal and betting is that you're not driving the car. I'm driving the car. You're not driving the car. You're depending on outside forces, i.e. two teams to play the game, and then you take a side, and then you wait and hope. That's why we, when we bet and wager, we, we are on pins and needles because we're not driving the car. Oh, like Morton, you have so much to learn, my young Padawan. You have I, so much to learn. Talk I to was going to say, I liked Morton's first answer better because then it uh, forced Simon to think, oh my God, I have to be winning because I've done this so often. The second answer kind of let him off the hook. Yeah, I did. I did. But we'll see. Let's see. Let's see if Morton can redeem himself throughout the game. Simon, your second challenger is the producer half of the Great Dane Nation podcast on Vegas Insider, a veteran of ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston, also a DraftKings contributor and one of the hardest working men in the audio game, Tom Carroll, a.k.a. Tommy Freeze Pops. <laughs> Tommy. What's, what's going happening? on, everybody? Hey, hey Morton, thank you uh, for all of that wisdom at the top of this podcast here. You've I have heard, heard that story approximately <laughs> 43 times now. So yeah. uh, good to go here. Yeah, I know. By the way, you know what? If, if I listen to that story every day and I put that up on my wall, <laughs> it still wouldn't be enough because that is the way to live. That is about living with positivity and optimism. Amen. It's my credo at this point, you know, yeah. play like a champion today. Instead of hitting that sign when I get out of bed, I hit that entire story about pressure. It's just true. Anybody who has done something often enough and had to perform that task in a situation on a daily basis, if they're doing it when there is 
perceived opportunity that is greater than what there normally is, they should still be confident enough to do it. That's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. To take it one step further, you know, it's behavior that becomes discipline that creates a behavior with a desired result that you train so much, it becomes unconscious competence. It becomes dominant. So it kills everything else. It kills all the negativity. Well, this is why see. he has a Hall of Fame bust behind him and I have a refrigerator. <laughs> well, listen, in this game, Simon Hunter has exhibited unconscious dominance the past couple of weeks. So let's see if you two can knock him off. Here's how the game is played. You'll answer two kinds of questions. First, traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large. Second, completely subjective, totally asinine, open-ended questions or prompts that I alone will judge. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than the responses from your opponents. Let's begin. Part one, Den marks the spot. Let's see if we can get all the puns we can. Our special guest, Morton Anderson, is known as the Great Dane because he hails from Copenhagen, and a long, successful NFL career has made him the most beloved Danish athlete in America. In honor of Morton and the Action Network's new Danish ownership at Better Collective, I'll ask each of you two Denmark-related questions. Morton. Oh, no. Here we go. Screwed. Oh. <laughs> Morton, as you know, Denmark is the ancestral homeland of team handball. The Danes have won the last two handball world titles and are the reigning Olympic champions. Many consider the 1996 Olympics to be the site of the greatest upset in handball history. That summer, the Croatian Olympic team shocked the world by capturing the gold medal over this nation known to many Americans as the home of Volvo. Okay. What is Sweden? Very good. Very good. Morton. Also, you don't have to put it in the, in the form of. A I didn't know if we were doing Jeopardy. <laughs> well, we're, I, I, the last thing I can do is be ready to replace Alex Trebek. I am just not confident yeah. enough in my. Story. And Rogers, you know, you might see Aaron that too. That's right. Morton, when learning the Danish language, many English speakers struggle with the fact that Danish contains no word for this. The most common English word when asking for something politely. What is that word? Please. Very good. So what do you, if you wanna, if you say. Wer venli at give my in cafe. Can I have a coffee? Wer venli. Venlist with pleasure, with, yeah. Not, not but you're right. It's not in the Danish vernacular. It's not common, yeah. But they are very polite people. They, they have their moments. Yeah, they pick their spots, I think. Okay. <laughs> All right, Tommy, most yeah. metalheads know that Lars Ulrich, the drummer and co-founder of this world-famous heavy metal band, was born in Denmark in 1963. What is the band? Uh, I might get some crap for not knowing this, but I'm going to guess Volbeat. Mm. Dude. Look, I know, that's Morton's favorite band. I know they're Danish. <laughs> that was my guess. God. Maybe I got to take a laugh. Oh, it's fucking Metallica. What is the okay. matter with that you? Was that, was that was my next. That was my next guess. Ulrich. Oh, come on, man. 
Oh, wow. wow. That's coming out hot. This is why I overthought it. I overthought it. Oh, you didn't think of it at all. It's Trivial Pursuit. Your first answer is the right answer. Tommy, Denmark has the oldest recognized national flag. The current design has been used for over 800 years. However, some scholars have called this into question and believe the oldest flag distinction may belong to this nation the northernmost country on the island of Great Britain. The northernmost country. country on the- So I'm gonna guess Scotland. You got it right, Tommy. You nailed it. Whew. Yes. Thank God for <laughs> Google Earth. Uh, Simon, awesome, your turn. Oh. Denmark's greatest <laughs> cultural contribution may be these tiny, colorful, interlocking plastic bricks. By Legos. The- this, uh, I didn't way. know the Danes could claim Legos. That's pretty cool. You've never told me that, Morton. I uh, feel cheated. Bilon, it's the uh, Kier Christiansen family from Bilon Legoland. is in Bilon, Denmark. Come on. If you ever visit, you have to go to Legoland. As a kid, I went there. It is epic. And it's only getting better, too. They keep improving yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Now they have the rights to Harry Potter. It's right Wars. next to the airport, too. So if you, if you have kids and you go to Europe, you have to check it out. That's awesome, uh, Simon. You've been to Legoland. Yeah, I don't even want to go into Lego because I have a problem, but like I have Legos behind me up here. I used to be really into Legos as a kid. Cool. Well, this is fascinating. Okay. <laughs> Email me uh, the rest. Simon, Simon <laughs> exactly. Simon, uh, when we're done, let's talk more about my trip to Cape Cod. Simon, it's a good thing in America. If a person remains unmarried on their 25th birthday, one of Denmark's most unique traditions is to publicly cover them in this spice, most commonly seen in oatmeal or apple pie. Cinnamon? Yes. And by the way, what the what? fuck? Yeah, why do they do that? <laughs> hey, Sounds- you know, when you get married, they cut the toes, soft the man's socks, because, so he w- won't sleep in another woman's bed. <laughs> That's symbolic. I don't know what the hell- well, What does that have to do with cinnamon, Morton? Well, it's just another tradition that's weird. I don't know. And it has to do with Danish traditions. Well, listen, the Danes are lovely people and they have lovely traditions. And as a huge fan of cinnamon and as a health nut, oh. I tend to put cinnamon on my food instead of salt because it gives it a little more flavor and salt isn't always great for you. So I'm all for these. It's got good health benefits too. Here's the prompt, fellas. Here's the prompt. We can all get behind the Danish tradition of throwing cinnamon at 20-something singles. But what about a new tradition for gamblers? Whether we're talking about the Olympics, the World Cup, or any other international competition, gamblers must often choose between patriotism and pragmatism. Do you bet with your heart or your head? Your task is to create a new tradition, a new public shaming spectacle for your fellow countrymen caught placing a bet against your home country and losing. Simon Born in England, huge English football fan, went bazonkers on the podcast on Tuesday when England beat Germany with two goals while the podcast was being recorded. Please respond. This is tough. I bet against the Eagles constantly. It's my job to not be, you know, skewed one way or another. Like I tried not to be biased in my job. But when it comes to your country, you must always be biased. I've never bet against England in my whole life, even though they're going to lose to Ukraine as an England fan. This is when they lose. They beat Germany, and then they're going to lose to Ukraine. That's just what England does. So I'm not going to bet against them, 
but it's a smart bet to bet against them. I feel like in England, though, if you get caught betting against your home country, man, I feel like the worst punishment would be a, a year ban from the pub. If you couldn't go to the pub for a year, I think that would really, really, I, I think there is not much what, worse punishment you could do to someone in England than that. You're 100% accurate. As someone who lived in, in London for six months, every day midday was spent in the pub. It just, I, I thought it was the most wonderful thing. It shut down. People took a nice, relaxing, long pubish lunch. This would be tough. This would be tough. Tommy, you're next. So I would go with my betting friend, the guys that tell me the right things to do in the way of wagering when betting on international competition, because I got to be honest, when it comes to these international sports, like Olympic sports or even soccer, I'm not a huge soccer guy. So I don't know a whole lot. And when I'm betting, I want to win. So I got to go with the numbers. I got to go with the smart dudes that know more than me about gambling. If someone's telling me, hey, you know, you got to wager on Jamaica in this bobsledding competition over the U.S., <laughs> I'm going to do it. Tommy, let me stop you right there, okay? You're not answering the fucking question. <laughs> the question is, the Complete question is. skating around, dude. Tommy, it's like his head <laughs> is swimming in cinnamon right now. The question was. If yeah. someone caught you placing a bet against the United States and you lose, what should the public shaming spectacle be? Benedict Arnold put on stage in that person's hometown. For me, it would be the Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence, Rhode Island. That person would have to take a citizenship test on stage in front of a loud, angry arena. The test would be administered by that person's high school civics teacher one question at a time. One minute to answer. Question does not be repeated. You either get it or you don't. And if you don't get a 90 on the test with this loud crowd yelling at you, you are deported for one year. That is called a fucking rally. Because <laughs> after the first one, I was ready to kick you off the podcast, but you came on strong. That, that was the definition of skill set, meeting moment, and you living up to the opportunity. Let's see if Morton can beat you. Yeah, right I don't, I'm not a fan of soccer. I like cinnamon, so let's color the cinnamon red. Throw people in the canal right in New Haven, which is New Hound in Copenhagen. So as uh, the privates are wet, et cetera, let's, let's apply some electro, whatever you call those, connectors to, to each, uh, each vegetable. And then let's, uh, you know, he has to kind of wear that for 24 hours. If subject matter ever, ever goes goes there again you know i'll be sitting at a pub and i'll administer the the battery operated shock to to the privates of subject matter that screwed up and went against the country of his birth for god's sake it's unfathomable it cannot happen and i don't if it know does, what it's despicable i don't know what to say here that is some sick shit morton angry deep seated Bad shit, but I'll tell you what. Can't go against the country. I do like it. Here's, here's the thing. So they've been publicly shamed. They've, they've been thrown into the canal. They're coming out. They're doused in cinnamon. Yeah, like a big Danish flag. That, flag. that by the way, that kind of would have been enough for the answer. But then you took it next level. And like the next part isn't even public shaming. That's just sort of 
pure evil intent to inflict pain and distress, the added layer of emotional and physical distress, I'm giving you the point. You came on strong. You kicked the game-winning field goal at just the right time. Here we go. Part two. The pups are closed. I can't believe it. (laughs) Good one, Simon. Part two. 1982 to 2007. In our continued journey of pandering to our guest, Morton Anderson, (laughs) we now highlight his almost inconceivable athletic accomplishment of playing NFL football starting after the 1982 draft and ending after the 2007 season and incredible 25 years later. But 25 is just a number. Let's dive into just how much changed between 1982 and 2007. Simon, you're up first. Heading into Morton's rookie season in 1982, this AFC team moved to another city within the same state. But by the time he retired in 2007, they'd returned to their original home. Today, they play in a new city in a bordering state. Oh my God, there's just way too many twists and turns That's there. That's so no easy. Idea. That's so yeah. easy. That's a layup. Is it the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> no. It's the Raiders. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. LA Raiders, Oakland Raiders, Vegas Raiders. Let's go, Simon. You can't be an expert on a pod, dude, if you don't know that. Morton, before you listen, don't get too big for your britches. You're up next. All right. Oh, shortly, shortly after you were drafted by the Saints, the team traded. Their beloved quarterback, Archie Manning, Mm -hmm. 25 years later, shortly after you made your last field goal for the Atlanta Falcons, this quarterback would win his first of two Super Bowl MVPs. Oh, shit. Uh, Peyton Manning. Eli Manning. (laughs) No! Come on, dude. Oh, that's uh, that's oh, you know good. karma. That's karma, man. That's karma. Unreal. You guys. Oh, I got crushed. Eli, Yikes. of course, with the Giants. Man. Yikes. Okay, I don't, I'm not worthy of GDN, man. Find a new host. <laughs> Find a new host. Oh, wow. Tommy, wow. in 1982, workers broke ground on the construction of a stadium eventually named the RCA Dome. It was built in the hopes of landing an NFL franchise for the city, and it worked. A team relocated there before construction was even completed. They'd win just one Super Bowl for the city. And two years later, shortly after Morton Anderson's final game, the RCA Dome was demolished. Where was the RCA Dome? What city? Indianapolis, Indiana. Tommy Morton is- Anderson's first home in North America. In Davis High School, baby. Wow. That would have cool. been a nice tidbit to throw in there, by the way. See, that's, that's the producing going that's, on. That's that research. Well that's that research. But, you know, hey, <laughs> we're all as different. A, as an IU alum, different. I know exactly where that is. Bloomington, uh, Indiana, got you. Part two. Here's the prompt. Morton Anderson's career spanned 25 years, and a lot changed from his rookie year to his retirement. Today, I want you to look ahead to the 2046 NFL season. Your job is to paint a picture of what you believe the NFL will become, then sell me on the league's single most surprising change. 
Okay. So I think the league, a couple things you're going to see here, uh, we're going to be about a decade into two international expansion teams. We'll see a team in London. We'll see a team in Mexico City. Arch Manning is going to be on year 20 of his future Hall of Fame career. And a 68-year-old Tom Brady will be defending Super Bowl champion for the Bucs because I don't think that guy is ever leaving Florida. And honestly, the Detroit Lions will probably still have not appeared in a Super Bowl. So once we get all of that out of the way, I think the biggest single change, and I think you're going to see this sooner rather than later, is age restrictions as it relates to the NFL draft. I think as young athletes in America continue to get more and more power, you're going to see a push for this three-year limit thing to go away. You saw guys like Jadavian Clowney who were ready to play in the NFL his senior year of high school. That guy missed out on three years of earning potential. And you look at the injuries he's dealt with over the last few years, he could have been making millions of dollars for three years before he started making millions of dollars. Marcus Lattimore has a debilitating knee injury his junior year and never plays a snap of NFL football. That guy could have been making millions. So I think that goes away at some point. I'm not saying you're going to see a pipeline of high school guys to the NFL like we saw in the NBA for a while, but there's going to be dudes like Clowney that get a shot at a young age because they should. I don't mind it. It's interesting. Morton, your answer, please. A couple of changes that are going to happen, I think. You're going to have a four-point, 60-yard field goal. So a field goal over 60 yards will be four points. Uh, You're going to have more of a running clock. Let's face it, the games are too long, so the clock will run. Inside two minutes in each half, the clock will stop as normal. You will also be forced to do a trick play inside of two minutes in each half. So whether it's a reverse, a halfback pass, you must do a trick play and no more than three running plays inside of two minutes. And also, within the two minutes of each half, there's no offensive or defensive pass interference. I'm tired of this pillow fighting. I don't know which one of those we would say is the league's most surprising change, but I think all of those are so wonderfully creative and inside and brilliant. Simon, you have a mountain to climb. Tommy's out. It's either Morton or you at this point. Chad, you're such a kiss ass. Morton, that was awful idea. The first one about (laughs) cutting down the games. Dude, I have no, most of us have no lives. I want five-hour football <laughs> games, let alone three-hour football games. Give me more. I want more. I don't want anything shorter. I like the other ideas, though. Uh, the pass interference one's pretty wild. Um, I can't beat that. Tommy kind of took everything. I think he threw out about 50 ideas. So Tommy kind of uh, pigeonholed me because my big thing was I'm with him. European League, they like a team in Mexico, Canada. These things make sense to keep going international with football. So to me, that's going to be one of the biggest changes, definitely, will be international. My second thing I think is going to be different in the league is we kind of saw the Wildcat where the QB kind of changed things up was a running back with a quarterback. I think we're going to see a change of not a two QB system, but a wide receiver that can also be like a quarterback like Randall L or Heinz Ward. These guys that could pass the ball and be a wide receiver. I could see more of that in the future of just different looks and offenses. We can have two guys in the field that can pass the ball. Yeah, I didn't want Morton to win this round. His answer was outstanding. Simon, here's what our life goal should be. In the, by 2046, what's that town that your family's from in, England, in Northern England? Birmingham? Burnley. We should try to be the owners of the NFL franchise in Burnley. That probably costs about $50 American. So we can do that tomorrow if you like. Burnley is not a, not a nice place. Why don't we just give them some crypto? 
They'd love it. <laughs> Let's Perfect. do it. All right, Morton Anderson, you won that round. I've been nice cheated. Guy. I think my answer. I had better. I had I one say. more change. I think it would be fantastic if I may. <laughs> I know I've won the round. It's just a bonus. Just Keep firing out there. Right, little lanyap, well, little lanyap, little extra, as we like to say in Louisiana. Do it. Do it. Leather helmets. Take the helmets off. Everybody's bitching about concussions and all this stuff. We don't have the same issue in rugby. Water polo. Shocker that the kicker is the one asking for leather helmets. <laughs> Here's the score. Tommy has two. Morton has four. Simon has two. Part three. Just kicking it. On this show, we talk a lot about the NFL, but we devote an awful lot of our time on quarterbacks and other offensive positions. We'll occasionally talk about defenses and even coaches. We rarely engage in any hot talk about the often overlooked positions of kickers and punters. But now, that is true, except for when we talk about the Bears kicking troubles. But now that NFL kicking legend Morton Anderson is here, it's as good a time as any to test your kicking IQ. Here we go. Tommy, you're up first. A Uh changing of the guard took place back in 2004 when the NFL banned any player from sporting the distinctive one-bar face mask. But this did not apply to punter Scott Player, who was the last player to rock the single-bar mask. Scott Player enjoyed a long career after his college days with the Florida State Seminoles. His last college QB was this Heisman Trophy winner who'd go on to a successful career and was the starting point guard for the New York Knicks in the 1999 NBA Finals. Uh, Blanking on the first name, Ward? Charlie Ward, we will give you the credit. Simon, the record for the longest field goal in NFL history is 64 yards, which was set by Matt Prater in December of 2013. Despite being outdoors in 18-degree weather, Prater's kick sailed through the uprights to the delight of fans gathered in this stadium. Mile high. And now for the all-time mark from 64, Matt Prater's kick is good. History is made. Mile high is correct. Morton, a dropkick field goal attempt is one of the rarest sights in football. No NFL team even attempted one for 85 years until a dropkick extra point was attempted and made by this beloved scrambling quarterback. Doug Flutie. <laughs> I mean, we I just talked about kick. that. The I know Doug. I know Doug Flutie. I I taught him the drop kick for God's sake. No, I didn't. Come on. No, but he <laughs> he told me uh, way before he did that that he was going to do it. He didn't tell well, me when, but he said he was going to do it if he got a chance to do it in the game. Very nicely done. Part three prompt. If you could make one change to NFL kicking rules to make the league more fun, what would it be? And Morton, you cannot say four points for field goal over 60 yards. Tommy, you are up first. Well, Chad, I got to be honest with you. Morton's answer to the second prompt kind of mixed in with my answer for this third prompt. I think that we should do a tiered system for points based on where the kick comes from. So 20 yards or less, I think should be worth one between 21 and 45 should be worth three 46 and 60 should be worth four and 60 plus should be worth six. Because I mean, if you make a 60 plus yard field goal, 
I think that's just as hard as scoring a touchdown. How about this? What if you miss anything inside 30 yards, a point is taken away from I thought about that. I didn't want to get too crazy, but I thought about it. So that's not a part of my official answer, but I like it. I do like a tiered kicking uh, scoring rule. That's a really good idea. Morton, can you top it? I want the onside kickback. It's a a 6% proposition right now. It used to be almost a... 40% 40% proposition, 35, 40%. They took it away. They said, you can't have a running start. You can't overload to the side. I created this high, it's called the Anderson, where the ball bounces really high, goes 12 yards right on the numbers. We used to overload. We'd blow up that front line. We did that in the preseason game. I think we got 75% of our kicks back. So I'm bringing the onside kickback. I'm overloading. I'm running start. Let's create some excitement. I don't like it. It's not original enough, but here's the challenge. You have an actual onside kick named after you. And so it's hard not to give you a lot of credit for that, even though I feel like Tommy's answer is a little bit better right now, which means... Simon, if you don't come up with a great answer, I'm going to have a really hard decision to make. Morton just, he just blew us all out saying he's got his own onside kick named after him. That's I know, pretty legendary. Right? So, uh, kind of a flex. That was definitely a, a flex. I love it. It's almost like putting your Hall of Fame bust behind you in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Replica, the original is in Canton. It lasts 40,000 years. <laughs> I digress. Sorry. I thought of something right up your alley, Chad. The double doink. We should start rewarding kickers that hit post and that like. You said enough. <laughs> no. Over. No. Diamond wins. That oh, is the that's most ridiculous. Thing wow. Listen. Why don't we just put the goalpost one bar and then you got to hit the upright to to get a. Field of course, goal. the Bears fan wants double doinks rewarded yeah. with points because Listen. Parky. That's that's what he aimed for. Sim- Simon Parky knows aimed. his audience, and in this case. I know. In wow. this case, as, this is some as, serious pandering going on. You saw the Bears thing right behind them, guys. Collusion to the max. This, oh, was, this was 100% <laughs> fixed. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> Here is the score as we go into the grand finale, or as I like to call it, the Anderson. Tommy, you have three points. <laughs> Morton, you have five points. Simon, you have four points. The Ooh. topic is infamous Olympians. Before we get to the question, please close your eyes and now hold up your fingers with your wager amount. You can wager up to the total amount of points you have right now or less. So Tommy three, Morton five, Simon four. All right, here we go. One of the most famous kicks in NFL history came on November 8th, 1970. On that day, the Saints' Tom Dempsey made the longest field goal in NFL history with a 63-yard game winner against the Lions, a record that would stand for 43 years. Just four days after that famous kick, on November 12th, 1970, one of the most infamous athletes in American history was born 2,000 miles away in Portland, Oregon. This two-time U.S. champion and two-time Olympian entered the American spotlight in the early 1990s. But in January of 1994... This athlete's potential involvement in the brutal assault of a rival created a worldwide scandal that made the covers of Sports Illustrated, Newsweek, and Time magazine. Please name this athlete 
who remains the most well-known Olympic bronze medalist in American history. such a long question. (laughs) That was a tortured winding tour. Let's see, Morton, you're answering first. You wagered one point. You have five points. What is the answer? I have no clue. I'll guess Evander Holderfield. I don't know. Tanya Harding. Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, I can't believe I got that. Evander Holyfield. (laughs) That was a shitty answer, man. Why? Why? I remember. That's right. All right. You are down to four, Morton Anderson. Yeah, I know. Tommy, you wagered three, and you currently have three. What is your answer? Said to Matt, and uh, I'm going to stick with it, Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding is the right answer. You have now have six. Simon, you risked four. You had four. The king of the all-in. What is your answer? I'm embarrassed. I literally just, what's it called? I, Tanya, her movie? Yeah. Yeah. I just watched it on an airplane, and I couldn't remember her name. All I knew was that she was a figure skater. That's all I texted Matt. I said, (laughs) figure skater. So I lost. Hey, and in my defense, I lost interest halfway through the question and didn't listen (laughs) to the second half. Well, listen, if you want to play under pressure, you've got to learn to concentrate, Morton. Tommy. (laughs) I'm only 1.2 seconds when my stuff is over. (laughs) Morton's my kind of guy. I mean, that shit, that question was a minute. (laughs) Well, guess what? Guess what? Your producer, who in the beginning got the first question wrong and didn't even know how to answer the first prompt, came on, and by the end of the game. The comeback kid. Way to go, Freeze. Way to go champion that's why i got him he's the best Built different man built different built differently <laughs> differently that's what i meant to say beautiful takes an immigrant congratulations you. tommy freeze pops congratulations morton anderson on thank you diminishing your wonderful career by appearing on this podcast <laughs> uh before we sign off here's a word from our fearless leader action network ceo patrick Keene. now it's my turn to talk you're all fucked in the head All of you. All right. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. My thanks again to our guests, Hall of Famer, host of the Great Day Nation podcast from Vegas Insider, Morton Anderson, producer of the Great Day Nation podcast, winner of today's contest, Tommy Freeze Pops, and of course, my BFF, Simon Hunter. He and I will be back on Tuesday. As a reminder, the volume is now on YouTube. We've got new clips from all the network shows. So subscribe to The Volume's YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash The Volume. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and download and listen on Spotify. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on The Favorites. Love you.